JM in the AM, we've been um, we've been made aware. That's why I say today's turning out to be a life-saving day. We've been made aware of the COVID plasma initiative. We've been made aware of outpatient monoclonal antibody treatment. Morty Searle is with us live via telephone. He is the co-founder of the COVID plasma initiative. And those affiliated with the initiative feel that the more people know about what they do and what they advocate for, the more people will suffer less and, please God, live through whatever coronavirus symptoms they may have. Morty Searle, co-founder of COVID Plasma Initiative, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum, for having me. Good morning. Good morning to you. All right, I'm going to start with the direct question. What is the COVID Plasma Initiative? Sure. So COVID Plasma Initiative uh, goes back to the end of March, uh, where the height of the first wave of corona uh, in New York and uh, tremendous suffering, people in the hospital, no real treatments for people in the community. And there was a, an idea that uh, a, a doctor from John Hopkins put together about using a treatment that hadn't been used in about 70 years called convalescent plasma. And convalescent plasma is really the same uh, principle monoclonal antibody treatment, which we'll speak about, works on, is taking antibodies. Antibodies are uh, what the body produces to fight the virus and taking them, and in the case of convalescent plasma, taking them from people who had recovered from COVID, developed antibodies, taking their blood and drawing out those antibodies, and then transfusing it into a patient then fighting the virus who didn't have their own sufficient antibodies and be able to utilize those life-saving antibodies to fight COVID and save lives, limit the amount of suffering that they had from the virus. Right. And what happened was is that it was a nice idea that was written up in uh, an op in the Wall Street Journal, and nobody really thought that it would get anywhere beyond maybe a science experiment of a couple of dozen cases. Why? Because you needed donors in the middle of a pandemic. You needed people that recovered from COVID, willing to come out in the middle of a lockdown, terrifying experience, go to a blood center, right. donate their plasma at scale. And no, nobody thought it would be possible. It was sort of like a medieval type of treatment also to try to push the hospital. They reached out to the Jewish community, to my co-founder, Chaim Lebovitz, the doctors from Hopkins, and they said, hey, maybe you could get us a couple of donors. We know that the Jewish Orthodox community in New York, in New Rochelle specifically, had gotten sick first and therefore recovered first and gotten antibodies first. And, uh, and they reached out and they said, maybe you could organize a couple of dozen donors and we can, you know, get some data, write a nice article, prove a point. Uh, from there, it exploded exponentially. Uh, the Jewish uh, Orthodox community, uh, we came out in mass. We came out and we donated tens of thousands of units of plasma. And the, the, there was, I mean, it, there was, it was a big effort on behalf of the entire Jewish community, many, many organizations involved, and the, the, uh, the, it was reported nationally. And because of all these donations, and the stats were coming out of the, uh, the FDA Extended Access Program, which was the program that allowed hospitals to treat with this convalescent plasma, 
was that more than half of the donations of convalescent plasma were from the from Orthodox community. Yeah, and, and that because, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just and saying, because, and that and that made headlines around the world. That, that did, and rightfully so, because because of this generosity and mobilization uh, at scale and and immediately, we were able to catch the first fifteen thousand cases of people that received convalescent plasma during that first wave in New York. And without that happening, without that immediate action and donations by the from community, it never would have gotten beyond a couple of dozen patients. Right. But once we got those 10, 15,000 people treated, created data, made it mainstream, and that was always our mandate, was to make antibody treatment mainstream. Then, as of now, where it is today, the majority of patients that get admitted to the hospital for COVID are receiving convalescent plasma, right. which is amazing and, and, and unthinkable in March. Right, and not only that, but and, and it's a very effective treatment, thank God. It, it is effective. It's been marred by a lot of controversy and confusion because the, there, there, what there's been is, and some of this information about how to use convalescent plasma and antibodies in general has developed over the last couple of months. And what's come out consistently from all the studies is that in order for convalescent plasma and antibody treatment, monoclonal antibody treatment to work, it must be, two things must happen. It must be given early in the disease. So for example, at the beginning, people were giving it to the sickest people. Right. We were giving convalescent plasma to people on ventilators. That's exactly the worst time to give it. You need to give it early as, as close as possible when the person gets infected. That's one point that must be done. And the second point is you need to be using plasma and or antibodies. That's powerful, has high levels of antibodies. And what's happened is that some of the studies have not followed those two points, not by any fault of the scientists designing it, but just because they didn't have this information when they designed their studies. And there's been the studies not, not, not utilizing these two points have come up with bad results. Now, the FDA, they just revised the guidelines on Friday to say exactly that, that if a hospital or anyone wants to use convalescent plasma, they must use it early right. before a patient is intubated and must use high titer plasma. All right, one second. Morty, now, Morty yeah. Searles with us live via telephone. So one second. I, so I'm under the impression that your initiative exists because what you just described is not happening, but it does sound like, based on your description, in fact, it is happening. When someone is admitted and when someone has symptoms and they're determined by a doctor to be, you know, so to speak, early on, aren't they getting this plasma treatment or are they not? Yeah, yes. So, so because of these efforts that happened in the spring, it, became, it did become mainstream. It has become mainstream. I right. mentioned the majority of patients get it. But many hospitals... And the reason have not been using it as early as they as 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 they can, and the hospitals that we are uh, supporting and working with, they're giving it as soon as a patient comes into the hospital. Within a couple of hours, they get an infusion of convalescent plasma. Right. And the FDA recognized that many hospitals are not following that, and that's why they revised the guidelines on Friday. All right. So, the, that, so the initiative that, but, yeah. the initiative exists essentially to simply keep spreading the word about the value of this plasma treatment because, again, the more people who know about it and the more mainstream it becomes, the more lives it will save. Correct. Well, th that's one aspect. And now th that, that's a good segue into the monoclonal antibody treatment, which is used 
only for people that are not in the hospital. And let uh-huh. me just explain a little bit what monoclonals are. Monoclonals are basically synthetic plasma. Right. It's manufactured, what, what companies such as Eli, Eli Lilly and Regeneron, which are huge multi-billion dollar pharmaceutical companies. They, they make what they, normally is donated by someone from their body. <laughs> exactly. They, right. they, plasma, Kaddish Baruch Hu, when you recover from COVID, right. the antibodies that are created are, are, are hundreds, if not a thousand, types of antibodies that attack the virus in different ways. Right. These companies isolated one or two of these antibodies out of a thousand and said these are these are particularly good ones and they manufactured those that's why it's called monoclonal because it's only one antibody plasma is polyclonal because it has many antibodies and they're able to manufacture that in a lab and put it in a drug form that could be given intravenously and the studies that they ran were outpatient studies, which means not for people in the hospital. And the way it was authorized by the FDA, based on the data uh, in in the middle of November, was only to be used by outpatients. Now, going back a little bit, that fits exactly into the principles that we said before. You need to treat early. This is fantastic. You want to treat someone as soon as they get. So are the doctors who are aware of the regular plasma treatment, which would be used for hospitalized patients, are they aware of and utilizing the monoclonal treatment, the synthetic plasma when someone's at home and suffering from symptoms of COVID? That's an excellent question. And this this has been something that we've sort of, I felt like we've had to start from scratch, and this is and, why the and this is why the initiative really exists, because it's that it, it, area that has to be stepped up, right? That's why I'm here today. I want right. to speak about the monoclonal antibody treatment, which is a tremendous chesed from a Kaddish Baruch that we have it now, and it's been working tremendously effectively. We've been now when the monoclonals were authorized, the U, the U.S. government and everyone thought, hey, there's the, there's limited manufacturing capacity between Lilly and Regeneron, they're only able to make about a million, between a million and two million doses. 100,000, 200,000 people are getting sick every day with COVID in America. Mm-hmm. So that stock, they thought, is going to run out really fast. And they right. considered, should we do lotteries? They authorized it just for high-risk patients, but the high risk is defined pretty, pretty broadly. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss what the, what the criteria is. And it would cover probably between a third and half of the people that get sick. So that was, the, that was before they authorized it. They thought there would never be enough of it. What ended up happening is that as soon as they shipped it, they, they realized two weeks later it was barely being used. What they were shipping out, only 5 to 20% of the stock was being utilized. Now, why? This is, this, is, this is, you know, the Yeshua. This is like taking antibiotics for strep. And there's this tremendous quote from uh, the, the medical director of the Rhode Island uh, Department of Health where he says, you know, people have been dealing with COVID for so long that they didn't realize that it became a treatable disease. Mm. And primarily he's re- he was referring to monoclonals because and so what, so what and, and, and we, we're seeing this in the community. We're seeing this. We have been advocating since it came out. We made a decision at COVID Plasma Initiative to advocate, educate the community, do ad campaigns, open up a hotline, get the word out to people that as soon as you have a symptom of COVID or suspect you were exposed and may have COVID, go immediately for a test, a COVID test, 
And Baruch Hashem, in our community, we have access to testing and testing that can be turned around fairly quickly within a day or 48 hours. Mm -hmm. If you're positive, go right away the same day to uh, a place to get the monoclonals, and we direct people where they are, and we work with those places, um, primarily emergency rooms. I assume all that that information is on the website. Absolutely, absolutely. So we'll give that out. This is going to blow your mind. We are seeing now from the hospitals in our community that we work with, while the hospitalization rate for the high-risk people that qualify for monoclonals, the people that are eligible to get monoclonals, which is anyone over 65, anyone who's obese or diabetic or or immunosuppressed, or if you're over 55 with hypertension or heart disease or bad asthma, the hospital, those people, the message has gotten out the saturation of this knowledge in our community is, Baruch Hashem, pretty strong. We still have work to do, and it still has to be on people's uh, the forefront of, of their thinking about COVID. But the, hospitals, the, the hospitalization rate for that group of people, the high-risk people, is approximately 10% or over. Mm-hmm. What we're seeing now is that the hospitalization rate for that group is 90% less. Hmm. We've sent thousands. Yeah, this is this is we're having, unfortunately, many, many cases of COVID in the community. But the people ending up in the hospital now, in the hospital now in our communities, are primarily people that didn't qualify to get the monoclonal younger people. Why is that? Because the older people are getting the monoclonals and they are avoiding hospitalization. And that's exactly what these monoclonals are designed to do keep you out of the hospital. So is this something that and, is this something that people can mention to their doctor when they're when they've either tested positive or feel that they are symptomatic? Yes, exactly, Nachum. And we've seen that a lot of the the impetus for people to get this treatment is coming we of course the doctors have to know about it, but the uptake is slow with anything is slow. That's why that's why part of the reason why in the rest of America, outside the from community, barely anybody is getting this, even though it's available, right. because it just takes a while to get, it just takes time to get the word out. In the from community, we've worked very hard to get the word out, and Baruch Hashem, it's, it, it's, got, it's gotten out, and if your doctor is not um, discussing it with you when you test positive, um, you absolutely should raise the issue 100%. All right, so if someone, if someone tests positive or if they have mild symptoms... Uh, or any symptoms, I guess, but symptoms that keep them out of the hospital. If they they are eligible for this monoclonal, um, uh, uh, um, what do we call it? Monoclonal antibody antibody treatment and treatment. Thank you. (laughs) Monoclonal treatment if they are of a certain age or if they have certain health uh, challenges, correct? In other words, Correct. in other words, otherwise, you know, everybody who tests positive, you know, even in their twenties, is going to start, you know, panicking. You know, maybe I need to take this stuff. You've designated it that if someone has a certain um, uh, a symptomatic. Uh, if someone is suffering symptomatically from COVID, and if they're over a certain age or have health challenges, then they certainly should be speaking to their doctor about this monoclonal antibody treatment. The plasma treatment. Absolutely. If I have this straight. The plasma treatment is going to be given in a hospital. Monoclonal uh, antibody treatment can be given both in a hospital or as an outpatient. Just the last thing: monoclonals can only be given as an outpatient. Only if as an you outpatient. You need to be hospitalized. You, you're not. You cannot get monoclonals. You can get plasma, like you said. All right. Yeah. So that's it. The bottom line is that uh, you know, as as unfortunately we see so many people suffering and unfortunately people dying in our community and of course in other communities as well. Even now, even now in February. 
of this, you know, 11th month, 11 month pandemic disaster. Um, it, it, we have, we have to continue to advertise and publicize when there are effective treatments, especially the, by the way, you know, there are treatments out there where the media has not been friendly and it's hard to, you know, convince people to go ahead and pursue them here. I think the media has been pretty friendly when it comes to the plasma uh, treatments, right? I think so. The articles yeah. in, the, in the mainstream media, the, the news reports, they basically have been generally positive about, you know, the role that plasma treatments are, uh, are playing in, in getting people better. So, you know, if we if you have that to your advantage, and we just got to keep spreading the word, basically. A hundred percent. The key to this monoclonal antibody treatment is that you should get, you need to get it within the first three days of being infected. So that means that you're allowed to get it up to 10 days, but it's the most effective within the first three days, which means people have to know about this before they even get sick. Right. Because as soon as they feel... Any type symptom, of symptom, right. Exactly, and go and go get a test. And, and really, it's 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 a bracha that we are able to get testing in many communities, um, even in Long, in Suffolk County. People have to go and wait for hours for a test. Right, you I can wonder. Go get a te- yeah, now uh, you can get a test in five minutes, and and a result in, in twenty in a rapid test in fifteen minutes later, and you can go straight from there to the emergency room in Maimonides, New York Community, uh, Richmond University Medical Center. Get the transfusion. It's a it's a pretty simple process. It's a one hour transfusion, one hour observation, and then because it's a hospital, they add on another two three hours for processing. And you're home. You get a test ten o'clock in the morning. You're home six o'clock in the evening. You know you did everything you could hashtagless wise to protect yourself from COVID. And statistically, you lowered your chances of hospitalization by over ninety percent. I know nobody knows the answer to this question, but I wonder if this treatment would also be helpful in terms of the the long-term effects that some of us wonder about when it comes to COVID. Who knows? This this treatment may not only help with the symptoms and with the disease right now, but maybe it would help with some of the things that we fear uh, people might be going through who've suffered from COVID even years from now. Yeah, what we do know is that this, this is from the trials. The monoclonals do shorten the days of symptoms. Right. So, you so there, that yeah, that would so damage. So right there, damage to the body is going to be a lot less because if you go through, you know, three days of symptoms instead of six days of symptoms, obviously your body is suffering a lot less, and the wear and tear on it is a lot less. So, absolutely, and and remember, the only reason why the monoclonals have been limited to high risk people is not because it doesn't work in people that are not high risk. It worked. The studies were on high risk and not high risk. Both. It worked on both. It's only because when the FDA authorized it, they assumed it would be in short supply. There would be a huge demand and not enough supply to make it. So I would encourage anybody that potentially tests positive, explore. See if, you, if, if, if you're able to qualify. And there are many risk factors. We're seeing a huge chunk of the population, maybe 50% of the orthodox community, between all the different risk factors I mentioned, do qualify. Right. And our hospitals, yeah. <laughs> if you look, you know, we, we've, we've, we're working with what, Operation Warp Suite, which has now changed, changed uh, their, uh, their moniker. Um, and our community is way ahead of any other community in terms of usage of the monoclonals, which unfortunately does reflect that we have a lot of cases, but not yeah. much more, not, not other areas of the country have the same amount of cases. But it's really because of the education that's going on in the community people taking it seriously and not taking a wait-and-see approach, and people doing their effort, their establish, to yeah. make sure that they yeah. are treating their COVID and not just sort of 
let me see what happens. And by that time, that wait and see has killed more people than probably any other approach because then it's too late. Understood. All right, look, I've said it. I've said it for 11 months. The arrogance and ignorance in our community, unfortunately, has proven to be fatal for too many people. Uh, maybe, Maybe with this initiative, which is one of education, Maybe that can counter uh, some of what's been happening in the community over the last 11 months. Let's, let's get the education out there, everybody, and let's be responsible. Uh, let's, let's be humbled and responsible uh, into understanding what's required of us to keep this disease away from our community. Um, maybe I feel especially upset about this this morning after being sent pictures of uh, gatherings that took place yesterday that were uh, outrageously irresponsible in our community. Uh, but that notwithstanding, let let us use education, uh, not ignorance, but education, and not arrogance, but humility in getting the word out and using what what Morty described as a gift from God um, to, to go ahead and help people who are symptomatic and who, God forbid, could suffer a lot much more, a lot more down the road from COVID. Uh, check out the website. Become educated, everybody. Understand and realize that these treatments are available and how important this monoclonal antibody treatment, which I didn't understand until Morty just explained it to me, how important it is and exactly how it works and how it's accessible to us. Go to plasmaheroes.com. Plasma Heroes with an E at the end. Plasmaheroes.com. E-S, I should say. Plasmaheroes.com. It's the COVID Plasma Initiative. Morty Searle is co-founder of the initiative. I thank you. We... um. There are a lot of positive things to have come out uh, uh, from from this whole 11th month episode. Uh, people in our community who have really leaped into action, Morty, you're obviously one of them, you and your team, and I hope that your efforts will, in fact, uh, translate into uh, saving a lot of lives out there throughout this pandemic. Thank you, Nachum. Thanks for having us, and we're standing by. We're waiting. We have a hotline, 828-4-PLASMA. Uh, our team of volunteers are manning it 24 hours, seven days a week. Um, this is important. You know, we've gotten a sock from Rabbanim, um, got driving on Chavez for this monoclonal antibody treatment. Um, you know, ask your rabbi, but, but this is important and we're here to help. And, um, you know, let's just spread the word. Yeah, I'd have to imagine these are all cholim sheesh bosakana at this point. I mean, quite obviously, based on what we've seen. Um, okay, 8284 plasma. That's, uh, that's the hotline as Morty described it. 828 for plasma and what is that an 828 area code is that what it means it's a uh, toll free toll free? toll free number 8284 plasma 8284 plasma uh and the website plasmaheroes.com morty searle i thank you for joining us this morning thank you for having us Malcolm. monday morning broadcast jm in the am